here, here we are again. Here we are again, gathered under the hues of these stained glass windows. Not only these that adorn the northwestern wall of Haslechirke, and these that on this rainy autumn day uh, seem a bit dim and shy, but much more than these specific windows, but also these. Uh, because this, this here after all, is where and when we meet. You and me and us in this place and time, and it's important to remember that. Now, I don't blame you if at this point you're looking at the person next to you and whispering, what, what, what is he talking about? Well, I'm talking about, I'm talking about us. I'm talking about us gathered here today as a community and as a community of faith. And I'm talking about the stories and the symbols that we tell and that we cherish and about how they bear on us as we gather, how they color and how they temper our individual and our collective identities and shape our individual and our collective actions. And that is the thing with uh, stained glass windows. We associate them with churches, right? That's where we more often see them. Church buildings. And very often, though that's not the case for these specific ones here, but very often the stained glass windows of churches, they depict Christian stories and Christian symbols. If you've ever been to a cathedral, for instance, or to many churches, you have seen this, right? These images and these, and these symbols and these stories adorning these windows, right? Stories and symbols that carry meaning and that carry significance and that are not meant to remain dull in a dark quarter. No, these are windows. These are windows. They are meant to be shined through. They are meant to have light shining through them, revealing their contrast, revealing their hues of color, and casting these contrasts and these colors over the community that is gathered under the light that shines through them. A living community in which these stories and these symbols take root, blossom, and give fruit. And that is the whole point with this stained glass metaphor that we have made into our autumn team semester here in OIC. We often work like that in OIC that we have a theme crossing our whole semester. And, and that's why we brought this one in, right? What does it mean to look at these stories, to look at these images, these symbols, these concepts that surround us as a Christian community of faith? What does it mean to look at them with the light of the world, the light of Christ shining through them onto us? What does it mean that Christ shines through them on our community? And also, perhaps in some special way, when we gather purposefully 
under the hues and contrasts and colors as we gather on a day like this, as we gather purposefully in the name of Christ. What does that do to us? When we come to this space on this time, on this Sunday afternoon, and as we look around in this, in this space, right, this holy space, in the sense that it is a time and it is a space that is separated, set apart for this very purpose of gathering under the light of Christ. As we look around, there is a lot going on within it, right? There, there are people and there are objects and there are interactions and there are relationships. There are movements and there are expressions. And sometimes there is stillness. All of this we find and we experience as we walk inside in a way, right? And today I want to start talking about some of these things, some of these things inside, which is how I've called this new series we are starting today after finishing 1 John last week. Things inside. But the thing I want to talk about today, it, it isn't really inside. And, and it's not outside either. Today I want to talk about the doors. Today I want to talk about the doors. Today I want to talk about the act of opening the doors. Right? Sometime before we gather here, a bit before four, opening the doors. I want to talk about hospitality. Hospitality. And hospitality is fundamental, fundamental for us as a community of faith. And it is fundamental for us in OIC. We, we want to have the doors open. Right? And if we sometimes close them in the winter, it, it should be to keep away the cold, never to keep away people, right? To keep away the cold. It should be so that this place is warm and welcoming for those who walk in. But why? Why? Why is it important for us as OIC, as Oslo International Church, why is it important for us as Christians? Hospitality. Well, one reason, of course, is that we want people to feel welcome because we want them to stay. <laughs> right? We want you to stay. We want you to feel as part of this that is going on in here as those of us who have been here longer feel a part of it. We want OIC to be a place where people can make meaningful relationships and, and where they can be nurtured and cared for and find space to serve and to be transformed. That's part of it. But that, I would say that that's in a way just the tip of the iceberg. 
right? That's just where hospitality breaks the surface in this specific setting. It's not, it's ballast. Hospitality, to put it a different way, it isn't and it cannot be a recruitment and membership strategy for the church. Okay, if, if that's what it's all about, we've got it all wrong and we have pulled the curtains over and dimmed an essential aspect of our identity in Christ if we haven't even twisted it. Okay, hospitality is too sacred a thing for us to treat it like that. And if you think that me calling hospitality a sacred thing is a stretch, I would gladly disagree and read a parable with you as a starting point for what today will be sort of a short journey of rediscovering the place of hospitality in our hearts as a church. And the parable I want to read with you is one that Jesus told and Matthew Uh, recorded and and told us of in the chapter 25 of the gospel according to St. Matthew. And I will read from verse 31 in Matthew uh, 25. I think it may come up in the screen if you want to follow there. And it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Hospitality. I think it would be, it would be not only misleading, but it would be a perverse lie to argue that hospitality is a trademark of Christians and of Christians alone. It would be a lie 
Because history has shown that the church has been repeatedly at fault in this. Sometimes coming short because, you know, we're humans. And sometimes even cherishing exclusion over welcoming. It would also be a lie because many who are not Christians are hospitable. Right? Many are formidable hosts and generous givers. Not seldom better so than many of us who call ourselves Christians and not seldom to our shame. But I want to argue that there is something unique, something profound and transformative about how we can experience and practice hospitality as followers of Christ. Because we meet and are met by Christ in our acts of hospitality. We meet and are met by Christ himself in our acts of hospitality, in our receiving people, in our providing for them. And as Christians who know, who ought to know of this holy encounter, it should nourish and transform our souls, minds, and bodies. I need also to say right away that I am speaking of hospitality in a much broader and deeper sense. You may have noticed it already, right? Because I am not simply speaking of receiving people into one's home or into one's temple or community of faith, right? No, I'm speaking of the act of hospitality as one that is defined much more by the interaction between the people, the actors, than by the setting, Right? When you become a host for those you meet, when you provide for them food, when you provide for them shelter, when you provide for them fellowship, when you provide for them a space of welcoming and encounter, you are practicing hospitality. And when we do so, when we do so, we meet and are met by Christ in the experience. And an experience in which we meet and are met by Christ is a sacred experience indeed. So hospitality is for us as followers of Christ a multiple act of and towards holiness. And this is what I mean. Holiness is to be separated, right? To be set apart for God. That's the context of holiness in the biblical narrative. To be separated, set apart for God, for the glory of his name and a manifestation of his goodness, grace, and will. The people of God are holy and are made holy as they follow and serve the will of God, worship the holiness of his name, witness it to the world, and set themselves in a place where they can be formed into being this holy people of God. So hospitality is for us as followers of Christ, a multiple act of and towards holiness. This is what I mean. It is is an act of obedience and service. It is also an act of witness. It is also an act of worship. And finally, it is also an act of formation an act of learning and discipleship. So I want to explore a bit more what I mean by this. 
In the biblical narrative of the making of this holy people, right? A people separated for God. In this narrative, we see God acting and speaking as he so often does throughout the Bible in the context of the practice of hospitality. And in Genesis 18, we have a key story of those, right? A story where we see Abraham, the patriarch, (laughs) welcoming three persons and offering them the best that he could of food, of shelter, and of rest. Three persons he meets in the wilderness and welcomes into his tent and slaughters the best cattle (laughs) and prepares the best meal. And Abraham was a wealthy man. But Abraham was a pilgrim, a wanderer. And he receives these people into this home of pilgrimage, right? Into this tent. And in this act of hospitality, Abraham finds that he suddenly is being met by God himself. And God, who was the guest, suddenly becomes the host and provides for Abraham. And a promise that God had given to Abraham before of making people out of him, making his people out of, out of Abraham, uh, which up to that point had been quite abstract. <laughs> Abraham was getting old and nothing was happening. But in this context of hospitality, it suddenly becomes concrete. You will have a son And from this son, I will make my people. And this people that come out of Abraham's seed, they also eventually receive a concrete home, right? A land, a place. But not before they experience God's providence, right? They could not be ghosts, uh, host ghosts, not ghosts, please. They could not be hosts before they were guests, right? In Egypt, in the desert, God provides shelter, food, and God calls them by name. Gives them dignity as people. And in this context, right, this is streaming from Abraham all the way to these people. In the context of God's generous hospitality, he reveals himself to them and he tells them a fundamental thing. He says, never forget your pilgrimage. Never forget your pilgrimage. Remember, you were aliens in Egypt, You experienced the hospitality of a people who owed you nothing because I, God, provided for it. And when your hosts became evil, I, God, delivered you and made you experience my providence in the desert. Water from the rock, manna, quail, in the unlikeliest of places, you lacked nothing. You were guests of my grace. You were guests of my grace. Do not forget 
your pilgrimage. And God's table of grace, it didn't remain in the desert. Right? It didn't stay just there. As the people who carry the name of God, they continue to struggle with remembering their pilgrimage. Right? Struggle with remembering their provider in concrete living. God again came. God again comes. God himself came in Jesus Christ and once more he made us guests of his grace. When he gathered those near to him around the table and gave them bread and wine, his own life, he was the host at the table of greatest grace. Do this in remembrance of me. In the most unlikely place, in the reality of death itself, I have provided life and you lack nothing. It's a thread. There's a thread there happening in the context of hospitality. Hospitality is for us an act of obedience and service because God asks us to not forget our years of pilgrimage. God tells us to remember that we were aliens in Egypt, pilgrims in the desert, very unlikely disciples whom Jesus called by name, said, come. I have room for you by my side. I have fish for you roasting on the fire. I have bread and wine on this table. I have myself for you. God tells us to not forget. As God's people Separated for God, people of his kingdom, God tells us to serve the alien, the pilgrim, the weak, the other, the neighbor. So hospitality is for us an act of obedience and service and also an act of witness. It is one of the most powerful embodied witnesses to the redemptive act of God. We give food, we give shelter, we create space for relationship and compassion. And we bring dignity to the other. We call them by name and we address their needs. We recognize their needs. And those of us who believe in the presence of the risen Lord are told by this Lord that this is a holy encounter, that it is an encounter with Christ himself. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. I was lonely and you gave me company. I was afraid and you embraced me. I was cold and you gave me a coat. I was crying 
and you wiped my tears. I was rejoicing and you rejoiced with me. Hospitality is for us an act of worship. I'm coming to the third one, right? An act of obedience, an act of witness, but also an act of worship because it puts us in a place in which our sacrifice of ourselves, be that time, effort, privacy, whatever it may be, our sacrifice of ourselves makes it a place in which we may meet with Christ and Christ may be met in us. And that's an act of worship. And hospitality is for us an act of formation, an act of learning and discipleship, because it is an act of exposure, right? It is an act of openness to the unknown, and it is an act of surrender. Hospitality is always a risk. It's always a risk. When we open our homes, when we open space in our lives and are hospitable, we witness about a God that is welcoming and generous. We learn and practice in the reality of our very bodies about a God that is welcoming and we are formed in Christ's likeness. We open space in our agendas and in our hearts for compassion. We open space for the incarnation of grace in the midst of time in the concreteness of a space of meeting, somewhere, sometime. And suddenly, in that context, we find that Christ can be both the host and the guest. That Christ can be both the host and the guest. Christ is met in us and we meet Christ in the other and suddenly we are the ones being fed. And it's like the disciples on the road to Emmaus trying to deal with their sorrows after the crucifixion of their Lord. Jesus walks alongside them and they don't know him to be Jesus. He's a stranger who starts talking to them and they share of their pain and they share of their doubt and they share of their fear. And then they welcome him in. Come, come, come have dinner with us. We don't want to stop this time together. And suddenly when they thought they were the guests, right, the hosts, the guests takes the bread and breaks it. And they know Christ is there. Grace is being served. The Lord is here. As in Emos, when our hearts and homes are open, as we go with Christ, he becomes the host in our homes and in our lives. And we don't plan it. We don't set a schedule for it. We just are there are there with him and put ourselves in a place where we may be visited by him and where maybe he can reveal himself to others through us. So yes, hospitality is sacred. 
Those doors are sacred when they are open and they are desecrated when they are closed. And these things, these things inside this sacred space of encounter, they need to make their way inside. Inside our very beings, inside us as people and as a community. Like a seed, right? Like a seed that must be welcomed inside the ground so that it can bear fruit, fruit that can be eaten, fruit that can be shared, fruit that can give more fruit. These doors we walk through every Sunday need to open doors in us. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you that you may know that he is gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you towards your staying and your going and towards your meeting. And may he bring you peace. So go in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and serve the Lord and serve the world joyfully.